Welcome in to another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. Just a couple days out from Euro 2020, which is finally going to start a year late and a dollar short. But you know what? Honestly, I think the Azzurri can absolutely benefit from the extra year because I have more faith in this team now than I would have a summer ago. But God, we have so much to get to before we introduce my co-host, who is one of the happiest men on Calcio Twitter today. Let me introduce one of our special guests. We got another uh, special guest who has had some technical difficulties. So we're we're going to pop in our buddy Dom DeFazio if he's ever ever able to get his technology together. But we have Jan who's joining us. Jan, this is at least your second time with us, right? Yes, exactly. Second time. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, for having me. Having us. I mean, Dom's not here yet, but thanks for having me on, and uh, can't wait to talk about Calcio again. Absolutely. And listen, uh, obviously, there are interesting angles we can get to with Milan, who Jan supports, uh, of course, with Inter, who I support. There's plenty going on, more potential outgoings than incomings at this time. But there's never a dull day with Inter. However, today is really all about Lazio. And we have been waiting. Um, It's got to be well over a week now, at least a week with all the Sari conversations, the rumors, the reports, the escalation, and finally it was made official today. And I actually, I really love the way that the Lazio Twitter account shared the news. Um, I don't, I don't know, honestly, I don't know how many other official Twitter accounts for football clubs would have had the balls to put out a cigarette emoji, but that was the way, that was the way that they announced the cigarette man himself, Maurizio Sarri, who's now the manager of Lazio. And Jerry, I think that this is uh, Jerry Mancini, of course, my co-host. I'm Alex Dono. I want to make sure I, inter- I introduce everybody properly. You know, Jerry, uh, I think that this is a, a very ambitious hire from Lazio. I think it really shows intent from Lotito, who you've said it best, uh, you know, probably uh, was motivated by the way things went with Inzaghi, where they had, you know, a verbal agreement to continue together, and then he signs with Inter the next day. So I'm sure that Lotito was motivated to make a statement. And I thought he made a, a made a very ambitious statement with Sadi. So how are you feeling, man? Are you happy, Jerry? I mean, I, I saw you uh, with a cigarette in your mouth on Twitter today. And I know you don't actually smoke, but are you happy today, Jerry? Yeah, I'm ecstatic. I was actually going to have a cigarette in my mouth just for jokes for the show, but I, I didn't do it in respect for somebody. So I, I stayed neutral on that one, but I did do the picture. I was like, yeah, I'll that do that. Great, dude. That was hilarious. I should do another one tomorrow, but um, <laughs> I should do something else. Maybe I'll have a cigarette in, the, in my ear or something. Like when all those dude, guys... a track suit. You got to put on a track suit. Yeah, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I can I can dress in a tracksuit for work. That that I can do. But um, you know what? At the end of the day, it's sad that it had to get to a point where Nzagi pissed off Lotito in order to have him like a, a vendetta and say, you know what? You want to piss me off? I'm gonna spend all the money and I'm gonna show you what you couldn't have at Lazio. It's not it's not the right way to approach it, but if that's what it takes to to get Latito to spend money and to be more ambitious, I'll take it as a fan. Um, that that's I. But I said that when when Inzaghi had left Lazio, it was either two ways this could have gone. Either he regresses, or he he gets pissed off because he wants to take it out on Inzaghi, like I just said, and. Now he's going to buy players. 
now that you you brought Saudi in, you brought a vision for two years. This is this is a short stop gap. After two years, we'll see if he picks up the option, what the goal can be. But this this signing sign, signing sorry means that you're going all in and you're willing to compete for a top four spot. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a, a a Europa League team. Now let's see what happens in the summer transfer market. That's the biggest question, but. Tomorrow or Friday, Tade is supposed to meet with um, Sari already, and they're going to discuss all their moves. So I think Lazio might be the most active team out of everyone, believe it or not, and they're not even in the Champions League. That's kind of where I'm looking at this right now, just on the, the what they need in order to, to adapt to his formation. want to introduce uh, Dom joining us, and, and it's funny because th- these are a lot of – you know, faces and, and names. We, we have a group chat together with a handful of other great dudes. We talk Calcio a lot. And uh, Dom, this is your first time on the Calcio Connection podcast. Welcome, sir. I hope it you is. got your, you know, your 1997 dial-up sorted out. How are you? Yeah. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I got it working on my uh, my Amazon uh, Fire Pad, my little Fire Tablet. Believe it or not, how's the audio? Is it good? Good. It's much better. It's good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me, guys. I actually, uh, I'm a big fan, as you guys know. I listen to all the episodes, and uh, it's great to be on. You know, I got, I got I, I, I know I said this in the group chat, but obviously, the, the the dynamic you guys have going together is great because you have Jerry, who's like the fiery, uh, wears his emotions on his sleeve. You never know what he's gonna say. It's either you know, the, the take take no prisoners, uh, you know, not apologetic. And then you have yeah, exactly busting out the fingers. And then you have Alex, who like you're you're you could tell that you're a pro's pro because you know when and how to reel Jerry in and guide him. You know, I feel I feel like, uh, and I've said this in the group chat. Jerry's like a like a, a a majestic Mustang. You know, like a wild Mustang or a Bronco. You know, running in the fields. And you you have to be the tamer, right? You have to reel him in. You know, get the jockey. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta. You gotta steer them in the proper directions you know so it's a great dynamic it's a great dynamic you guys have and um i'm happy to be on really and jerry it, it should be an olympic sto- sport it's not always easy wild horses cannot be tamed right but yeah, yeah. that's it i, I appreciate the kind words yeah yeah no and, and 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 dom you know since you're in um you know i want i certainly want your take on saudi at at uh, yeah. Lazio, because of course you know you're a Juventino, so you got you know very small dose of Saturday Saturday ball for one year, and and not not that Juve really ever took the Saturday ball, but you know that you did win a scudetto uh, under mm-hmm. under the smoking one. So yeah, I mean, w- what are your thoughts on this appointment, and how do you think he's going to fit in at Lazio? I I uh, I okay so. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So if you asked me last year, I would have said that, you know, uh, Sari was underwhelming and uh, he didn't know how to manage the big stars and uh, he crumbled under pressure and yada, yada, yada. But then you f- fast forward a year later and now we have Pirlo. And uh, granted, I have to say that like this year, like the rest of Serie A, the, the roster, I think like all the teams drastically improved the rosters. When you've had, you know, they, uh, the team – is much better than it was under Sarri, but it but compared to the the rest of the league, I found that the rest of the league improved their teams a lot better. Like Inter, bar none, I thought Inter had the best team on paper last year, and then they brought in Akimi and they got Lukaku and Martinez running together. You know, Barella started stepping up. So all this to say, I think that Sarri had the better roster last year, and 
he still managed to pull off a Scudetto. I think that the reason why he didn't work out at Juve is he's not the type of coach that is um, a Stilo, Stilo Juve. So they like, you know, they like the managers that wear suits and they like the managers that are uh, very stoic or, uh, you know, the managers that um, have the, that, that pristine professionalism, you know, like if you see Allegri, he would lose and he would never try to blame the refs and he would never, you know, criticize the other teams a lot like Inzaghi, and I've, and I've told this to Nando many times, and I've told this to Jerry, like, I, I love Inzaghi, and I thought he would have been a perfect fit for you because he fits that criteria, you know? Uh, I remember, yeah. what was it? Uh, when, when was the year, Jerry, where uh, Dybala uh, – was it Dybala? Someone got a penalty kick. I forget what the year was. I think it was three, four years ago. I think you. I think it, was, it wasn't penalty kick, but Dybala got pulled down, and he still ended up scoring. And Inzaghi said it. Like, and, it was and against Inter, I think. It was terrible. Sorry? That was against Inter, I think, when he got pulled down and still scored. It's because Dybala's always falling, so you get confused. Okay, so then, so that's it. It was, I think, it was Dybala got got penalized. Yeah, exactly. I think Dybala got. I remember, penalized. I remember a game when Lazio lost two one, and there was a penalty in the 89th minute or exactly. something, exactly. and Ronaldo exactly. scored from the spot. I think that was 2017, oh. uh, no, 2018, 19. It was exactly. the second game, and and they they got a penalty. Exactly. And if you go back to the if you go back to the, the to the press conference with Zaghi, he says it straight up. He's like, Oh no, you know, the team's better, the team played better. And they didn't. And honestly, they didn't. Lazio played great. And yes, it was a it was a foul, but you know, like you know how it is when you get fouls at the very end of the game, it's always kind of sketchy, you know. And he said it, he didn't he didn't he didn't pull the whole blame the rats, Juve, Juventus, that kind of bullshit. So Sari doesn't fit that agenda. He'll 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 speak out of term, you know, he'll say things that he shouldn't say. And I think that's one of the reasons why he never was a fit at Juve. And I think that if Sari was a little bit more PC and he told the line in the Juve way, I think they would have given him another shot. I don't think they would have taken such a risk on um on bringing in Pirlo like that. So I, I think Sari will do great at Lazio. And I think that uh, you know, it's easy to say that he can manage big stars, but then again, I don't see um Chiro or Savage or uh, you know Louis are the type of I don't think they're the type of players that will um, have an ego if you know what I mean maybe Jerry what do you think I I think he'll do great and I think that Juve were premature and I think that the t if you look at the roster the roster was terrible look at the roster we didn't have a nine we we didn't we didn't have the Chiesas that we have now we didn't have Alvaro that we had now like the, the team was terrible it was terrible Higuain and and Matuidi like it's all you know like I think and he, now, he, now I've got those guys in Miami. Oh, 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 that's right, my Tweety. <laughs> Both of these oh, fucking guys too. It, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Iguain can can he can't score from open play, even Major yeah. League Soccer. And yeah. fucking Matweedy just runs around like a chicken with his head cut off for ninety minutes. Oh God. Of course, yeah. So then, so then again, like so. So now, what did Sari do? He the guy overachieved. He did. He he, he overachieved. We had no business winning that Scudetto. You could say that you know Lazio pissed it. But at the end of the day, I think it was, uh, I think it was purely because he doesn't fit the style of Juve. You know, he's not stoic and he doesn't tell the line of the PC. You know, I think that's one of the main reasons. Question, Jerry: you th Is he going to be allowed smoking cigarettes on the sidelines? Sure. I think you will. It's, uh, Lotito doesn't give a fuck what you wear, man. No. I, he, he he's <laughs> never. He, I've seen Inzaghi in games where he's like in track suits when it rains and stuff like. He doesn't need to like wear a suit a lot for Lazio. I, I never heard Latito wanting his guys to be in a certain a tier, and I think that that's something that was part of his contract for sure. That he wants to be going to games 
the way he feels that is best. Um, I think he'll be a lot of smoke. You're gonna you're gonna see that stuff. I, I honestly don't see La- if Lacho is promoting under account cigarette. That's a great your, point. Yeah, as your freaking announcement, I can't see why they wouldn't want cigarettes at the game. As for as for what you were saying about sorry, I think my favorite sorry was when he won with Chelsea, not even with with Juventus, because he had a, a very good team and had li- little time to adapt to a team as Chelsea came in around July, mid July, brought what two players, Keppa and Jorginho, and changed Conte into a brand new player and is a much better player because of him now. His best. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek's best season was under Sarri. He made that team play fundamental. And, and I understand that Hazard was his best player. But look he what he so did to him. Hazard was so good. And once he so left, good. I'm sorry, what's he been now? Nothing. Injured. So, <laughs> and, and, and I think the biggest key factor is that he had a working midfield. That's the biggest fundamental here. And what does he have at Lazio? A working midfield. Yep. He's got the core that he needs the most important to his game to, to build off something going forward. Yeah, okay, their back end can get fixed. You buy fullbacks, that's fine. That That's going to happen. But if he didn't have a good midfield at Lazio, I don't think he would have taken this job. That is a 100%. Luis Alberto and Sergei Malinkovic-Savage was the, the selling piece for me. Not Immobile and not an aging Acherby. That's not what he was looking at. He said, okay, I got two midfielders I'm going to build around. These are the guys I want to keep. Let's go now. Now you go buy players to add to the mold. I always said Lazio, on a good day, has the best starting 11, no injuries. After that, you can't swap with anybody because they're all shit on the bench. I'll be the first to admit it. Their whole bench shit is garbage. So they need to now give him the players to build off of what he has now. But we'll see what happens. You know, I want to I want to pull up a comment from our friend Anthony Privetera. Uh, I think this is a and, and yeah, I, I completely agree with this. As I I basically started the episode saying this, I think this is a fantastic appointment for Lazio in a time where they could get really fragile and lose it. Sorry, should be able to inject that stabilizing mentality to weather the storm. Yeah, this is one of those things. I mean, Jerry, when this coaching search um, began. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys uh, who support Lazio had some of the same fears that I had with Inter right after Conte stepped away because immediately, you know, they were initially linked to Inzaghi, but then we thought, oh, he's off the table. He's agreed to Lotito. So in the, in the meantime, then we're linked to Mihailovic, we're linked to Fonseca and... Dude, I was panicking, right? Because I mean, if they were if they were to have appointed uh, Mihailovic, banter era. I mean, no no disrespect to the man, but uh, you know, it's this is just not a caliber coach, right? I mean, it would have been guaranteed. At least now, I have some hope that it's not back to the banter era. It would have been guaranteed banter era, and and Jerry Lazio were linked to some of those same names, including Mihailovic. So, how relieved were you for this starry appointment? Well, before we go into that, I, I, I don't want to shift off the main topic. Hold on. I want Jan's opinion, what he thinks yeah. about, because we haven't heard from him yet. I want to hear what he thinks about Sorry becoming manager of Lazio. I think it's a huge step up. Like, uh, I know Inzaghi did a lot of good things at Lazio, but if I look at his finishes, his best finish was fourth place. So uh, I think Sarri is, gonna, is the type of manager, especially with the midfield that Lazio has, to take them to that next level to really compete for a top three spot. 
Is it going to happen this year? I don't think so because Serie A is getting a lot tighter. With the Euro, transfers are going to be really hard to make right now for top players. We're going to be seeing a lot of secondary players that aren't playing that are going to be signed. But the guys that you want to make a difference, they're going to be playing in the Euro. They're going to take a vacation. And they're going to join your team late. They might not play the first five, six games of the year. So you might see a Lazio that really starts coming on in January. Uh, but I do think he knows how to navigate the Europa League very well. He's going to bring a, a different level to Lazio, that's for sure. And it's really nice to see, like, I mean, as a Milanist, I'm kind of worried. I'm not, I, I still love Pioli, but you look at everybody around you. They've all done a carousel of coaches. Juve bringing in Allegri, uh, you know, Sarri coming there, Mourinho going to Roma. Roma is still shit, in my opinion. But they're <laughs> going to be a lot harder to beat. They're not going to yeah. be that pushover that bent over for all the six top teams last year. So yeah, gonna that's going to make it more interesting. And I think it's a great hire by Lotito. I just, it's sad in a way that the guy is so full of himself that the only time he's going to go spend money to make his team better is when a guy spurns him to go sign a deal with a better team. After he gave him, you know, 18 months without signing a contract. I'm sorry. Yeah. That guy stayed around waiting for something after what yeah. he did. Like you didn't, you rarely supplied him with big name talent in the off season. The guy still managed to get you a Champions League, Europa League, you know, Coppa Italia finals, winning that stuff. I just find it's a bit sad from an ownership point of view that you're only going to make a big move and start spending big on, on coaching when a guy spurns you. I see that as a little bit of a bitch move. But And, and dude, and, and, and another thing, another thing, guys, I won't forget is, um, you know, last season, you know, the previous season, I mean, how, you know, Lazio were in such great form before the pandemic where, you know, honestly, if not for the oh. two, three-month hiatus, they might have won that Scudetto. I mean, they, yeah. they were flying. Sure. They flying. were flying. And, and then after the league restarted, not only did they lose their momentum, but the squad rotation became so much more important because you were playing twice a week, which wasn't the case before the stoppage. So Lazio, honestly, uh, it, it, even if they didn't win that Scudetto, they would have been right there. Like They, they would have been breathing down Juve's neck till the very end. Yeah. Also, that medical staff thing. They have an issue there with the COVID testing. A lot of guys were getting sick more than other teams. Things weren't being followed. Why? We don't know why. We can all speculate. But that's still something like you're still a big team in Italy. Like that shouldn't be happening on the regular like that. Like I'd expect the Benevento just came up. That would be happening. They don't have the facilities. But you're, you're fucking Lazio. Like. So anyway, but I think it's a great move, and it's gonna make the league a lot better to have all these. Guys We're a team there. without a fucking sponsor, for God's sake, man! Still, tell you everything. When is that getting sorted? I don't know. I seen something Commander on the last fucking five games on the jersey. Who the hell knows? Beatles you gotta get freaking uh, Camel pack. or Marlboro or something. You gotta get a cigarette <laughs> or Nicorette, oh, Nicorette, the patch. You know, <laughs> you know what'd be great. You you get uh, you get Marlboro on the front and then Nicorette like as a side sponsor. Well, in, in defense to to Latito, apparently he offered apparently three contracts and three times Nzagi kind of pushed him aside and he didn't. That's possible. Yeah. That was you know, apparently you know what he offered him. Apparently two point five million. Okay, so Sari like got that. a little bit more. Not even that much more. I thought Sari would be able to get more. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm surprised he's getting yeah. three net after all. He's getting paid by Juve, so he probably didn't care as much. He's, that's he's, it. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good yeah. point. Yeah, and it's COVID too, right? We keep forgetting that, like how how COVID impact. Like the only people who don't get affected is PSG apparently, but like COVID has really hurt everybody. You know what I mean? They have, and it's yeah. tough. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure um, Mourinho 
has a big uh, 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 Mourinho's a big uh, fire in Latito's ass also for bringing in salary and wanting to spend money. You know, your crosstown rivals are getting sure. such a big move. I'm sure it's also uh, has a big factor. Spalletti in Naples too makes them move. I mean, those are yeah. they're fighting for a market down there. You know, like uh, Spalletti's crazy. not a bad coach. I think Spalletti's undervalued for a lot of people. It's exciting. It's amazing. Yeah. Dude, well, and, and here, I'm, I'm so uh, hold on real, real quick, Jerry. I just want to make a, a quick point on on Spalletti. I'm so curious to see what Spalletti is like after two years of hiatus, right? Because mm-hmm. I honestly, I, I thought at the end of his run with Inter, which came off of uh, right off of his uh, recent run at Roma, uh, I, I thought the guy was like burnt out to a point where he lost his goddamn mind. Like he, he like Spalletti, Spalletti was off the reservation. Now, this guy has spent the last two years, you know, at a vineyard ma- making wine. He's got a pet duck that he talked to like it's a person. So I, I don't know. May, like He may have found some kind of inner peace, right? Where, and and I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in charging the batteries when you can. And he, he's had now Spalletti. And, and not to say, like, I'm not even ripping what he did because uh, I, I thought he did an admirable job helping stabilize Inter. So I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not clowning Spalletti whatsoever. But the guy was very high strung right towards the end of that run. And now he's had two years away to become more zen. So I'm curious to see what Spalletti is like uh, next year. Mm-hmm. I agree. The guy had so much media That's attention me. to him, right? Like when he was at Rome, he had the fight with Totti because he benched Totti. So you keep benching the king of Rome. And let's be honest, it was rightfully so because he ended up retiring the year after he left. Like Totti shouldn't right have been. That was a big fucking fight. Conte in the media, how dare you? You had the Tifosis fighting with him. You know, you had the Kuvas fighting with him. And then he went to Inter and he had the exact same shit happening Icardi. with a Cardi, where he was constantly fighting with a Cardi. Like he never, he was not, he was never at a team where he didn't have to deal with some kind of bullshit drama. And the media would, it would always be a fight where Spalletti loses the room or he doesn't lose the room. So I think he's an underrated coach and I think he will do well at Napoli. And I think yeah. next year is going to be crazy fun because every single team, has gone a top tier coach, so it's it's exciting. You know, I think it's a great time to be watching Italian soccer. I think and, and I think I think Napoli is a good squad for Spalletti because they uh, have speed uh, and they have wingers, right? Because like like Spalletti ball, you know, like with with Conte, it's all about wing backs. With Spalletti ball, it's all about wingers. And like when, when he was when he was at Inter, uh, he had a complete donkey on the right wing in Candreva. You know, they they did bring in Politano his second year, who was who was significantly better. Although Politano's an even better player now in Napoli than he was at Inter. And on the left wing, he had inconsistent Perisic. So he's got much better wingers now. But yeah, Jer- Jerry, I was sorry to cut you off before. And, and something else I want your take on. Make whatever point you were going to make. But also, you know, as we've mentioned, with Mourinho at Roma and now Sari at Lazio, the Rome derbies are going to be lit, right? I mean, you look at the yeah. sidelines, you listen to the news conferences before and after. You know, I, I always watch the Rome Darbies, but they're going to be so much more entertaining now. No, for sure. And I'm more intrigued to see the Lazio versus Inter more than the actual Rome Derby, believe it or not. Because um, I want to see how the response of what Inzaghi gets. I want to see how the the hostility, what, what kind of, if, there, if, there, if there's going to be a rivalry now because of how he left and the whole ending to his relationship after 22 years. I, I know that the Rome Derby is always going to be the Rome Derby, but uh, Inzaghi now adds a little spice to Inter versus Lazio and may have shifted the Derby some, a little bit away, but as for me, I, I think Mourinho's washed up. I, 
I, I think Sarri still has much more to offer to teams, whereas Mourinho still plays in the 1960s where he thinks that football hasn't changed yet and you, you keep playing the same way and it hasn't worked. I don't remember the last time the guy made a team better. Um, probably Inter you have to go back to. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Real Madrid when he went there. Too, yeah. He had, so he yeah. Had some he, was there, yeah. he was good there. Well, like, what, is, what has he done since, though? Like, he's killed teams, man. And what did he do with Tottenham? Play boring football. When he had freaking Harry, he had Kane freaking playing deep and not scoring goals and playing so defensive when he had he had good scores to score goals. He wasn't ever attack-minded. I don't know. I, I don't like him. Anything that touches Roma rots. Let's just be realistic here, guys. Fonseca is going to Tottenham. Two two coaches basically swap for bigger shit. That's it. By, by the by the way, who, who, who do you, who do you think uh, got the better of that swap? Because they, they kind of both feel like they both feel like losers to me, right? I mean, maybe uh, at, at least at, at least Fonseca is probably still on the way up, right? Whereas Mourinho is clearly on on the way down. So I, yeah, I guess I guess that. Tottenham probably got the better of it. You, you could argue His wages could are lower. You could argue that Mourinho will bring in names just because of his reputation, right? I think sure. Mourinho has a little more of a pull, right? Sure. Yeah, no, but probably Roma right has no that. money, or they have very yeah, little. Yeah. And they would have sent a fucking Jaka guy who fucking lost his armband. Like, what the yeah. fuck's wrong with this team, man? I would well, never I want to sign They want guy. to sign him. I, 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 I thought he wants to. He desperately wants to go to Roma. So I, I, I don't, I don't know how interested they are, but apparently he's interested in them. I just, I can't, how long, how long before Zeko and Mourinho have a public spot? Oh, I'll give it like three days. Match day four, there's going to be a bench. Right. It's going to be the end of. There's also problem. like La- Jerry was talking about how interesting Lazio Inter is going to be. I think Roma Inter is also going to be interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. the the fans yeah. in Inter love Mourinho. Never thought he was going to join another club, and he had that cryptic message a few days before signing, like, "Well, if someone is interested, I'll come back to Italy." And he's back, so it's still going to be interesting. If there's fans in the in the in the stadium, it's it's also going to create a, an interesting atmosphere. I don't think it'll be much animosity, but it'll still be interesting to see how he reacts to them and. Uh, yeah, if, be, if he's smug towards them or if he's nice towards them, like he's that's what I love about Marino. Like I, I, I agree with Jerry. He's he's passed that. You know, he's spoiled milk. But the man is a great interview. He's great, like to listen to, and he's accomplished a lot back in the day. And he's still an interesting character. Like uh, he's gonna bring ice to the league. You know. No, you're you're 100 right about that, and it's gonna be all love. Uh, and and you know, you you implied that there's not gonna be animosity. I mean, I. I expect him if if the stadiums are full, and I hope that they'll be full at least at some point next season. You know, his first trip back to the Meazza to face Inter, it's it's going to be pandemonium. Like I, I think they're going to be really, really good to him there, and they're going to give him a hero's welcome because uh, the treble is something that the fans will absolutely never forget. And and another thing, guys, when, when Jerry, you know, was talking about uh, Mourinho being washed, finished, insert whatever adjective you want to there. It is worth bringing up about Jose that the guy didn't take any time off, right? I mean, a few minutes ago, I'm talking about, oh, I'm curious to see Spalletti after recharging the batteries for a couple of years, Sadri recharge his batteries for a season, whereas Mourinho has just been hopping job to job to job to job, and he hasn't given himself any time to recharge the batteries, refresh the ideas, because mm-hmm. I-, I know how it is for these managers. I mean, it is it is nonstop 24-7. And if, if you have antiquated tactics, 
at what point do you ever give yourself time to tweak it and reinvent it when you're constantly coaching? Like, I, I, I really think for Mourinho to take a year off would be very useful for him if he wants to kind of bring his tactics to the 21st century, and he's not giving him, uh, he's not giving himself the opportunity to do that. That's true. That's true. Maybe that's his competitive spirit. Doesn't want to give it. He doesn't want to go out on a low yeah. note. You know, maybe he's just trying to stay above water. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, but before fuck we Mourinho. Uh... fuck Mourinho, man, I'm fucking tired of Roma. Fuck Mourinho. I was just texting. Sorry, I'm listening, to you guys. I can't stand fucking Mourinho. Fuck him. Fuck his interviews. How fucking Lazio smacked his team around. I, I can't stand. You know what, man? I, I, I. I You're worried, it. huh? Jerry's no, worried. I'm... Jerry's I'm... worried that Mourinho's gonna make Lazio look bad. That's what you look like, man. I was. <laughs> I, I was. I hate it. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I bantered Juventus a lot this year. Three reasons. Yeah, but, oh, hardcore. I, one, I hate Paratici. He's out the door. I'm happy He's to see him gone. Yeah. He's yeah. fucking cancer. I hated him. He made me hate Juventus more. I hate Ronaldo. Guy's a fucking piece of shit. He can go rot in hell. Go fucking go go to Portugal and fucking stay there, you fucking chooch. You might win a euro. Uh, might win a euro. Fuck yeah. Okay. With that free kick today, where's he going to go? Oh my yeah. God! If he's thinking, if he's that's, thinking, that's, thinking. that's one of the things. Like, it's ridiculous oh. how he takes free kicks. You know what I mean? It really is. It's ridiculous. And I'd like. I want to see if Allegri is going to allow it to. And if Allegri allows it, then it means it's like it's on his contract, right? If you have three managers that allow yeah. you to keep taking free kicks, it has to be on your contract. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That's a good point. And the last point yeah. I'll say why I, I, I'll respect Juventus this uh, this year. I love Inelli. I will not disrespect mm-hmm. the guy who knows how to fucking win. And brings trophies to a team. You don't. I don't slander people like that. I, I just think it's stupid. I hate. I'll slander mm-hmm. Ronaldo because I hate his attitude. That's the reason why. Mm-hmm. And Yelly has a good demeanor. I like his approach to the game. He's not a bitch, man. He accepts mm-hmm. when he loses and he accepts when he wins. Just Some like Allegri. you were saying before, Allegri. I like him. He doesn't bitch, man. He. I respect the guy. I respect the guys who are good winners and like, just like have a good presentation like i like that man that's just me style right Stilo juve that's exactly what it is you know you don't uh you always have to be above it you know and and i like i love the legry too and you know again ask me his last year when you know we we won the scudetto i believe we won the Coppa Italian his last year but you know that was lackluster and i said it was time to move on but you know again like i think it's like at the end of the day you you don't know what you have until it's gone. You know, I know that's like a cheesy, shitty line, but it's the absolute truth. You know, and I hope they that basically, Juve basically paid him to take a vacation for two years, and he came back. Exactly. Literally. Under contract yeah. when they let him go. I, right? yeah. I was having a blast learning how to speak English, only to come back to Juve. You know what I mean? <laughs> By I'm watching sure he, basketball. I'm sure his tactics. He's a smart. He's a smart manager. I liked him at Milan. I thought he was great at Milan. He was great at Cagliari before Milan. I always wanted him to go to the Italian national team. I was hoping he would go there. Yeah, I think eventually I think, he will. I think eventually he will. I think that's like the the the, the steps, you know. So, but uh, but before uh, we get into the Azzurri, I, I wanted to give Jan a chance to give his take on how this Donnarumma thing got resolved. I mean, what a fucking joke on his side of it. Okay, ah. so he ends up he ends up at PSG. You know, for 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 a few days, I was convinced he was going to end up at Juventus. He ends up at PSG. You know, they, it, at at one point uh, there were reports that he and uh, he and his fat ass agent 
were crawling back to Milan and they were willing to take less money. I, I didn't really believe that. I, I thought that that ship had sailed. No, that but, but Jan, yeah, Jan, what do you what do you think about uh, about Dollaruma ending up at PSG? Well, he wanted money and he ended up being in the only team that could pay him that kind of money. So good for him. I'm happy for him. Uh, I, you know, the guy was there since the age of 13. He made a start at 15. Uh, he, he made it like I'm, I'm mad at the club for letting him go for free. That to me, you want to make fun of that full on at it. Like, I don't understand Milan fans that are trying to rationalize that that was a good move to let him go for free. That's a terrible fucking move. That's like generational talent. Should not have let him go for free. At the same time, I have to respect how the club, you know, spun it around. And, you know, they signed the guy for less money. who's definitely not Donnarumma. I don't think Mike Bagna is anywhere close to the stratosphere of Donnarumma. But not many goalkeepers are right now. I don't think any goalkeeper at that age is that good. I don't think Neuer was that good. I don't think Buffon was that good. This kid is really, really fucking good. Milan also made a calculated risk. If they would have sold him last summer during COVID... For what? I think there was an offer from PSG, Areola, and 20 million. We would never have made Champions League with 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 whoever we replaced them with. So, you know, they took a lot of loans that they lost some of those players to make Champions League. You have to look at this as a loan. It's unfortunate he left, but hey, good for him. Uh, you have to be happy for any human being that's going to be making $12 million, probably sitting on the bench to Kaylor Navis. But that's crazy. He started yeah, his really, career at I'm, Milan benching an ex-Real Madrid keeper, and he's going to be playing now benching another... Because Navas is not going to play over Donnarumma. No fucking way. And now the world's going to see how this kid plays. I remember... I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, two, three years ago, him playing with his feet was a big problem. In the matter of six months, he improved that drastically. Yeah. That he, I, There were some games with Milan this year. He was up almost near the midway line, like against Juve at one point, like with the game we lost. He was still trying to make plays with his feet, to help out his defenders. And I uh, got to respect how Maldini handle, handled it. They didn't shit talk him in the press. The, the fans will do that, but believe me. And the last thing I'm going to say is, miraculously, when the Champions League groups are drawn, Milan will be drawn with PSG because, oh, you know, for sure. UEFA loves to put these together. And it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he deals with the fans yelling at him and everything. But at the end of the day, I think Milan over, over time is... If they invest the money properly, it'll be better for the club because no no club wins a Champions League because of their goalie. We're, I wasn't born in the 1950s when that Russian guy Yashin was supposedly really good, but Buffon was the greatest goalie I ever saw until until Donnarumma. And as great as he was and all the things he won, he never won a Champions League. So I think everyone will be happy at the end of the day, but Milan should definitely be made fun of for letting him go for free. And... Uh, I mean, that's that's my take on it. So good luck to him. And by the way, Jan and Dom. Speaking of UEFA, I, I've got to I've got to respect the way that Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona have finessed UEFA. And like, dude, Jan, Inter and Milan should have stayed in that goddamn Super League. So the the nine teams that left Super League are you know getting fined. Mm-hmm. You know, slap on the wrist punishment by UEFA and then the teams that didn't leave Juve, Barcelona and Real Madrid they're you know, whatever punishment they may or may not face gets deferred I have a feeling they'll never face any punishment so Dom I, I gotta give Agnelli and your guys credit because you finessed UEFA by staying in that Super League you get off for now. Than you left yeah for now for now but then again look you see look at PSG now look at PSG it's crazy how much isn't Navas getting paid 10 mil Seven, I'm not I think. sure. 
seven, 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 nine, seven. probably net to stay on the bench. Do you know what I mean? So it just goes to show it's like infinite. Yeah. They have infinite amount of money. Yeah, this, yeah. they 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 they, they uh, protected the fans. That's what the PSG guy did, right? That's what everyone wants to believe that the Super League was the evil thing. The, the Super League already exists. It's PSG and Man City. They're yeah. ruining soccer, mm-hmm. and uh, they even signed Winjolan, whatever how you really pronounce that guy's name from Liverpool for ten million. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh. This is COVID. Where the hell's this money coming from? Like it's oil money, bro. That's it. People kept driving. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to bring in, by the way, Joe Fischetti is joining us now from Forza Napoli Pod. And I think that, dude, this is a perspective I wanted to have with us. But before we talk a little Azzurri, and I know Joe can do that as well, I've got to get his take on Maurizio Sarri. Because, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Dom, his experiences watching Sarri at Juve. But Joe, Joe got full-on Sarri ball. I mean, you got the real thing at Napoli. That's where, I mean, Empoli and Napoli are where – he really shines. So I got to get your perspective, Joe. First of all, thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Uh, my take on Sadi, I think this is the best possible signing for Lazio. Of, of all the guys that are available out there, you look at the names that have been linked specifically to Lazio, guys like Mazzari, for example. These are big downgrades from Inzaghi. Sadi is the only guy that keeps you up there and, and perhaps is an upgrade over Inzaghi, in my opinion. And I think that this is a statement from Lotito to say that he's not content falling back down the table. Um, as, and, you know, we, Jerry and I have been talking a lot about this offline. And I think it's while Lazio will need to make some changes to that squad to fit a new system, obviously they're built to play a 3-5-2. They have an abundance of center backs and not enough fullbacks to play in a 4-3-3 or a, a 4-3-1-2. I think Jerry and I might disagree on which one side he goes with, but I definitely think this is this is the right appointment, and it's an exciting one for Seti fans in general. You know, yeah. something, Joe, uh, how long – And because you, you talked about, you know, the, the change in personnel and going from personnel built for three at the back versus now 4-3-3 potentially. How long of an adjustment period do you expect it to take before Lazio can really start playing sorry ball? It'll take time, but I, I don't think it's that much of an adjustment, especially if Lazio can bring in some of these ex-Napoli players that they're linked to, Hisai Maximovic. They're already used to playing for Sadi. And when Jerry and I were speaking about how you would make that adjustment, the biggest transition is at that back line, switching from a three-man back line to a four-man back line. What I would envisage is if Hisai comes in, he plays as the right back because that's his natural position, even though he played a lot at left back at Napoli. That was more forced because Di Lorenzo is going to start at right back every time. So they need to bring in someone to play at left back unless you drop Marusic to play there. Even then, you still need one or two more left backs as backup players. And then you have to get rid of some of these expiring center backs. Stefan Radu, uh, I think there were a couple of others, Musacchio, and I think there was one more, Jerry, one more center back that expires this in you know the end of this month. But the rest, the front six, it's not really that much of a change, in my opinion. If you're going with a 4-3-3, what I would do is I would push Lazzari and Marusic further up the pitch to play them as pure wingers. I think Lazzari easily can be a winger. He kind of already plays that role. He's not as much of a defensive player, even though he plays as a wing back. You play a, a middle three of maybe Lucas Leva until you can get a, a more of a Jorginho type of regista, 
but you play him behind Milinkovic, Savic, and Luis Alberto. That's a, a very, very strong midfield to begin with. And then the one thing in the 4-3-3 that I'm a little concerned for Lazio about is playing Immobile as the striker because we know that he's had his struggles with the Azzurri playing in the 4-3-3. So that is an argument for playing a 4-3-1-2 and, and still being able to to keep Immobile with a strike partner like Correa or Caicedo. I personally would sell one of those players and use those funds to then finance bringing in some fullbacks. But I, I don't think it's that big of a transition. And I think Lazio have the quality of players to play Sadi's system, Sadi ball, to play quick one-touch passes, triangles, lots of movement off the ball. So I, I think that's a, a good segue when you mentioned Immobile. Uh, and Jerry, I, I know your guy is going to be locked and loaded trying to change that international reputation because we got a big tournament coming up, fellas. I mean, we, we got a game Friday against Turkey. I think this is a favorable group that the Azzurri should be able to win uh, actually go first in the group. If not, um, if, if you don't qualify out of the group stage, massive, massive failure in my opinion. But, you know, Jerry, uh, you know, we, we, we've seen Chiro picking up the goal scoring in the Azzurri shirt a little bit uh, lately. Do, do you think he's finally poised to break out and change that reputation? Because fair or unfair, he takes a lot of flack for the fans because he scores goals for fun for Lazio and hasn't been doing it with the with the national team. So I was reading an article today, actually, I was writing up on if he can actually finally deliver for Italy. And I think this is the summer he does it personally. And not because I'm a Lazio fan or, or, or a Mobile fan. Firstly, uh, he has to play up front with uh, Domenico Baradi. That's the guy he has to play with, along with Insigne is, is the given. Why? Because the last time, the last two games they played together, he has scored in both games. And I think anything you have to look at is you got a guy who hasn't been able to score goals for Italy. You got to take what is working best for him. And what's working best for him is those three players playing together. I know everyone's going to say Chiesa. You know Chiesa works hard. You know Chiesa will go down the wing. You know he'll give you those crosses and that effort. I don't care what he gives you. At the end of the day, I've seen what Berardi can do with, with Immobile, and it's working. So don't break what's not working. Uh, what, what is working, I'm sorry. Like, that's that's just the way you go with it. Um, I think the way he plays, his ability to, to cut inside, draw players towards him, his speed. I like the way he's able to pass proper crosses. I think he's much better at, at, at passing compared to Chiesa. That's just me. Personally, he plays with his head up. Chiesa plays with his head down like a hockey player a lot of the time. That's just the way I see him. Um, also, Immobile finished the season very strong. He scored four goals in his last six matches. Belotti scored one goal in his last six matches. People are going to say, well, it doesn't really matter. It said, yeah, you're going into the Euros. I think it does matter because it, it absolutely makes a big impact because they didn't finish off the strong. He, Belotti didn't finish off this, the season strong. His form was poor. It could be in his head. It's a mental thing. Whereas Immobile is going into the Euros, not only scoring in four of his last six games, four goals in the last six games, he's heading in in his last, I believe, two out of his last three games, he scored a goal for, with Italy as well. So the confidence in the form is there on, on Immobile's side. And lastly, I'll say, yes, he has been playing a 3-5-2. And the 4-3-3 has been a struggle for him. If there's one guy who could probably get the best out of Immobile, it will be Roberto Mancini because 
He that's not just immobile. He's got everybody scoring. He's got everybody playing good in their positions. Every area of the pitch has been an upgrade under Mancini compared to what we had before with Ventura. Like people are gonna say, well, Ventura he scored goals. Yeah, fine, but the team wasn't good. The team is much better around Mancini now. Like everyone's playing fundamentally, and. If everyone's able to score, if you can get guys Barella and you guys just Belotti's to the whoever else is scoring goals, that takes pressure off Immobile to, and he he'll score goals much I think with more ease. So I think a lot of factors play into Immobile's side, but again, he has to get over that mindset. I think that's the biggest barrier. Guys, before uh, before we wrap up this episode, I want to go around the table. And, uh, and obviously, if you have anything to add to what Jerry said about Immobile and the attack, feel yeah, free. Yeah, um, and I, I, I also want – yeah, go, go ahead, I, Dom. I personally don't think it matters if uh, if he has a breakout year because Chiri Immobile, I think, should be the starting striker for what he does when he's not scoring. His his hold-up play, he makes – he brings – he t- draws defenders in, creates space. Uh, he's great at building the ball up from the mid. If you see all his counterattacks, a lot of it start from him and end with him. Those are all really important things. And I think this – the stereotype of Immobile not doing well in international, like I'm, I'm guilty of it too. You know, like I, I, I sometimes think about it too. But it doesn't really matter because this is the first time in – since I remember watching the Azuri – where we have scoring threats from almost every single position. You have Insignia coming off the best year he's ever had. The guy's a, he's flying right now. You have Berardi playing the best he's ever had. Chiesa, the best he's ever had. We have scoring threats from the mid. You have, you have, uh, you have Locatelli. You have uh, uh, Chiesa, even though they have him as mid. But still, like you have Jorginho too. He's great from the spot. He's great from the free kicks. I think that uh, having a nine who scores all your goals goals uh, is extremely overrated. And if you look at yeah. just the history, uh, 06, we obviously the World Cup, 10 different scores. We had 10 different scores. And the joint leaders on Italy were Luca Toni and Materazzi, Materazzi. a defender. With two fucking goals. <laughs> two goals, right? I think we, we have strength in having such a diverse uh, a diverse team, and and again, like if you just you could do a deep dive of like all the Euros, the lot the past Euros of maybe the last maybe four or five tournaments, and you look. Last year was an outlier. You had Griezmann who would score. He scored six goals, and he was the player of the tournament. They lost. Okay, Portugal ended up winning it. Then 2012, you had six players that were tied for the Golden Boot. Okay, three goals each, just three goals. Who won? Spain, the player of the tournament, another midfielder. It was, uh, I believe, Xavi or Iniesta. I think it was Iniesta. Then you have 2018. The leader was Villa. Spain ended up winning. But again, player of the tournament, it was Xavi. And even then, Villa only had four goals. Then you can go even further back. Uh, Sorry, that was 2008. Then you have 2004. You have Greece. The leading goal scorer on Greece had three goals. He was seventh. He was tied for seventh place. Okay? Who was the player of the tournament? Another midfielder. I'm not even going uh, uh, to – I have it here on my notes. The midfielder for Greece. So I think that if if Italy – they're obviously not the favorites, but, you know, they're the underdogs. They could surprise everybody. I have a lot of faith that they're going to go deep. If they go deep, I don't think it's going to be because Ciro Immobile has to score four, five, or six goals. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a midfielder or it's going to be a team – dynamic and it's going to be many players on the team scoring like we did in 06 like we did in 68 if you want to go now we're talking about Catanacho 68 we had three fucking players score one goal 
Again, completely different style of game, but I think it's overrated to have that classic nine who's going to score all your goals. And historically, for the last like fucking four or five tournaments, the the team that won, the reason why they won is the player of the tournament was a midfielder. And I think that's where Italy has the biggest strength. And I think that is what's going to be the most important factor going forward. Yeah, there's no doubt the midfield is the strength of this team, and and so I th- I think I got you on record for this, Dom, because what I wanted to go on the around the table on was what sort of a run you're expecting, right? I mean, I, I mentioned uh, I'm optimistic that the Azzurri are going to win this group and go through, no question about it. You know, they're in the group with Turkey, who I, I think are going to finish second in the group. Uh, don't sleep on Turkey; it's it's they've been in really good form lately. So I see Italy and Turkey going through. Wales probably coming in third place. There are some third place teams that are going to go through. I think Switzerland will be fourth place in the group. So I definitely see Italy going through the group. I'm predicting probably a quarterfinal is where I and, – and I think maybe their ceiling is semifinal. I don't see them getting to the final. I'm going to say a quarterfinal run because, yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to be either France or Belgium or maybe England who – are actually favored uh, by the odds makers to win this tournament. So it's not going to be the Azzurri. But go, go, go ahead, uh, Jan. What do you want to say on that? Uh, the English uh, are favored because the better, because the English people are going to bet. <laughs> yes. Just like, because, just dude, like, like, freak, just like freaking my, in England, like everybody bets uh, on that. And, and like they're so biased. Every, the three-year-olds are betting on games. Every year. For hockey, Vegas puts the Leafs as a Stanley Cup favor. Why? Because they know the idiots in Toronto, like me, are going to bet on that. So yeah. the English are like the Leafs. It's like everyone always thinks they're going to do well. And I'm sorry, they're still shit. They're not going to do much. I don't I don't see them winning it. No. France, definitely. Spain. I can see uh, the Germans being surprising, even though people are, are counting them out right now. Yeah. And definitely, like, I'm always going to go for Italy, but I've been – I don't have much hope. Like honestly, I haven't been really. Imp- I know they've played great. They've they're really playing good under Mancini. They're they're a super good team, the way they're playing. But I still haven't seen them do it against the big team. I think uh, last time they played a big team was Portugal, and they didn't do too well. But it's a small tournament, and to get to what Jerry was saying, how Berardi has to play with Immobile, I agree. I think they do. But Chiesa is another animal. If we have him coming off the bench as our sub, that's a great super sub. But I wouldn't be surprised. It's a small, it's a short tournament. Things have to be, changes have to be made, right? Yeah. If it doesn't work for the first game against Turkey, mm-hmm. you might not see that same combination the second game. Let's say we tie the first game against Turkey. Could very well do. That's the second best team in the group. Then the, the pressure is going to be on Italy. Then we play against the Wales. Well, aren't that, oh, no, Wales is the last game. Switzerland, another team that plays very well defensively. So we could start running into problems. I still think we're going to get out of the group. And I agree with Alex. I think quarterfinals is – if we make the semis, I'd be really, really surprised. Like, I would think that is a huge – yeah. I'd say like like semis to me are, are the ceiling, the absolute ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah probably quarterfinals. Well, what do you think, Joe? Uh, what do you think about the run that they could make? Yeah, I concur. I think whenever I do these sort of uh, Euro predictor things online – I think the issue that Italy are going to have is I agree, we're probably going to win the group with, with that group. And I also agree that Turkey is better than a lot of people think they are. Switzerland's a little bit tricky, but we should win the group. I think Mancini has them playing really well. And I, I recognize it's been against a lot of lesser opponents, but the rhythm that they're playing with, the the confidence yeah. that they're playing with, the goals that they're scoring, 
we mentioned, you know, Dom was talking about the goal scorers. We had four different goal scorers against a Czech team that I believe tied uh, England and Portugal in friendly. So they're, they're no slouch. And, and I think on the Immobile point that I don't think we need to rely on our number nines to score that many goals because we're going to get a lot more production from our wingers. Um, that'll get us through the group stage. The problem is there's a good chance that we end up running through a gauntlet at that point and facing teams like Belgium, France. And and I think that's part of the reason why the books have Italy a, a bit further back, like eight to one or whatever it is. I personally think besides France, uh, there's a lot of teams that in my opinion are overrated. You guys mentioned England and how the betting influences those lines. Belgium, I'm a little on the fence about i think the reason why they're they're so high up there is because they went pretty far but they were kind of missing that clinical finisher turns out they had him all along he just wasn't informed back then in lukaku who's now informed so i think that's given them a big boost but that golden generation is a lot older than they were they're at the end now of that, yeah, that golden generation <laughs> we don't know about kevin de bruyne's health and and he's obviously a key player for them I think Portugal is probably underrated as well. I think they have a very, very good team. But other than that, you know, I I don't think England's that great. I don't think Belgium Belgium's as good as they are, and I don't think Spain and and Germany they're they're kind of on the decline as well. You know, with Germany, Joachim Lowe is on his way out. They're in a bit of a transition there, and and Spain, you know, they're always being compared to their sort of dynasty years, and I don't think they're quite as good as they they used to be. So I agree. I think quarterfinals, hopefully further than that is probably realistic jerry i'll let you get a word in on this my friend uh you know and and i thought i thought dom <laughs> said it very well that we're not necessarily going to need to see cheeto scoring goals for fun in this tournament still I, I know you'd like to see him score i don't know 15 20 goals during these euros <laughs> but, but what, what do you think how far do you think uh the azuri are gonna go they're winning it straight up they're winning it i think wow I'm going all out, man. I probably mushed him. I didn't give a shit, man. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was a mush when I tried mushing Montreal. Backfired on me. So I, I, I mushed the Leafs, but somehow I couldn't mush the Montreal Canadiens versus the Winnipeg Jets. So I gave up. I don't know if I'm a mush. I'm not a mush. Uh, I, I think that this team has everything going for them. They got a lot of youth. They got some veterans. It's got a balance of everything within this lineup. Um, the biggest The biggest takeaway for me is the manager. I think this is probably one of the best managers we've had since probably Conte, yeah, if Conte. I have to be honest. Yeah. Like, And I think that's the biggest factor here. We need someone who understands when to make those changes, when to deploy the right lineups, and knock on wood, he's done it since, since well, I don't know, since he's taken over. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, with Italy probably. That's – my if it was in Italy, I'm not gonna go with France. I think France is gonna choke somehow, some way. That when when you're given all that pressure and you're the the favorites, I just think sometimes that team can either do what they're supposed to, or they just buckle underneath the pressure. I think France is gonna fall out maybe in the quarter semifinals, and we'll see what happens. I I haven't done enough research to see who can go all the way. To be honest, um, I know like Joe is saying, Portugal's got a decent team. Spain can go kiss my ass. Uh, Old timers, they can fuck off. I fucking hate Spain, man. I hate Spain. I, I, I hate Spain. I hate Portugal. Cause I, hate, I hate Portugal because of Ronaldo. I hope they fucking choke no. in the first round. Like, like, You're a fucking fuck poet, off. Jerry. You're a poet. 
God, man. I, I hate Portugal. Uh, they're so overrated, man. I fucking, they make me nervous. They, they, they just, oh, God, man. I just can't handle them. Um, Jerry, Jerry, how many walls is Ronaldo going to hit on his free kicks? Eight, 11? <laughs> I hope Ronaldo gets less goals than for fucking Immobile. If Immobile outscores Ronaldo, I will be using that as banter for the next fucking four years, okay? You understand that? Like I, I, I know that he's an all-time goal scorer and all that crap, but I need I need one bragging right over that piece of shit, okay? That's all I need is one little ammo. That's all. But Jerry, you know during the Euros, during the Euros there's no Inter, there's no Juve, there's no Lazio. We're all Italian. I fucking exactly. hope Ronaldo tears his fucking hamstrings up until his ears. You know what I'm saying? I hope he gets every single oh, I'm not that mean, man. I'm not that bad. You know what, man? I, I know you guys are saying that the goals are going to come from everybody, but I think it's, as you progress further, you're going to need your number nine in the big games, like against Belgium. He's going to have to steal you at least one game, I think. Yeah, he has to. Yeah. I, I agree that we do have scoring all around, and we're going to get goals from everybody, but when we need that big goal, that's when we're going to really need Immobile. And, and we're going to say, why didn't Immobile score that goal maybe if it hits that? That's where we're going to need mobile the most. Maybe not in the group stage, but when we're playing Belgium or France and you want to be, you want your best striker to be better than your best striker. That That's what it comes down to. But, Jerry, well, I, would you smear Nutella on a Ronaldo jersey? I would shit on a Ronaldo jersey, okay? <laughs> I would shit on a Ronaldo jersey. So much anger. I, so much I, anger. I fucking oh, hate I him. What? I hate him. Like you know what? your girlfriend. <sighs> God, man. Seriously. I think it's because my wife's uncle's Portuguese and I have to endure nice this. Wow. No, they're, 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 they're very nice people. I bet, but... I bet that braised octopus and that grilled octopus is amazing when you have it on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it is actually, but um, <laughs> but uh, when I got to freaking hear about Ronaldo and how Ronaldo is the best thing ever. For oh, them, he was. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, Figo. Figo. Uh, Figo was way better. Oh, I, thought. Yeah. I thought Figo was way better. That guy Figo was. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know about way better. But Figo was pretty fucking awesome. He was fucking awesome, Guys, though, man. If we had an Italian player that achieved as much as Ronaldo did, we'd be all doing the exact same thing. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll one up you guys. For me, Albini is a god. Like, Tachira Mobile is a god to you, right? It's normal. Dude, you, you, you guys are all Canadian, so you don't hear the shit that I hear down here uh, in the States. Every time Christian Pulisic breathes, my my entire country goes crazy. Like, oh, my God. Overrated, man. For that Holy dude. Fuck. Like, listen. Uh, He's no Landon Donovan, man. He's no Landon Donovan. He's so uh, no, but man. Landon Donovan didn't get even as much hype as Pulisic. I, I don't know if it's just because soccer is more popular now in the States yeah. than it was a few years ago, yeah. but, like, Landon Donovan was was popular, but he did not get the hype that Pulisic gets. It's unbelievable. But listen, guys, uh, we'll end the episode on that note. I want to give everybody an opportunity to shout out anything you guys have going on. Let me get to Joe first because it's been way too long since we've talked to Joe, and he's really doing big things on the Forza Napoli pod. I've seen how much, Joe, you've been growing. I remember when you launched it, what, I think around a year ago, and you're growing exponentially, my friend. So where can people find you and all your work? Yeah, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure as always and definitely got to make it a more regular occurrence and that's on me. I have been really busy with the podcast, doing a lot of fun things. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti 5 and you can find the podcast at Forza Napoli Pod. 
So let me give a chance to our our first timer. Uh, we, we we had to mess around with his uh, with his AOL dial up for a few minutes at the start, but okay, he ended up bringing okay. it strong. This guy even had notes. Like I, I respect it so much, Dom. We're gonna have you back because you brought it strong. Uh, you want to let people know where they can find you, my friend? Yeah, sure. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Big Defaz, B I G D E F A Z. Uh, I'm a big Uva fan. I uh, I like the Habs and uh, I like cooking because I'm a cook. So. Oh, Give me nice. a follow. Even and uh, thank you for having me, guys. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. That's awesome. And Jan, who joined us for the second time, uh, Milanista, and we get into a lot of great conversations, banter. We have a lot of fun on Twitter and on the group chat. Where can people find you, Jan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Yanimal1981. That's my name and all there. Uh, if not, uh, any Milanistas that uh, want to join uh, the Milan uh, Club of Montreal, you're more than welcome. Uh, we're back in Champions League. A lot more people are interested, so you can find us on uh, on Twitter at uh, Milan Club Montreal. It's a, it's a great group, and the WhatsApp group is lit like ours is, but it's really something else. So thank you for having me. It's always great talking to you guys, and uh, Forza, Forza Zuri, right? Absolutely. And, and let me uh, and let me give a shout out. Uh, I just put this comment on for those watching on YouTube from our buddy Sam Rubio, who's going to be on our next episode. We're going to be uh, we're going to be doing another one of these on Fridays and Sam and a few other special guests will be joining. So uh, I, I know Jerry's not going to repeat the two words that he put in that comment, but uh, we're, we're going to definitely going to talk some Roma with Sam later on in the week. And Jerry Mancini, you're, you're the happiest guy on the planet. Your lungs are filled with smoke after the announcement from Sorry today. Where can people find you and what have you been working on? You've been writing this week. I've been uh, writing for for the uh, Laziale. I got an interview with Joe that he did one on um, about Maurizio Sorry, basically an interview about him. I have a piece on uh, Strakosha and the future of him, and basically that's about it for that. And uh, fuck Milan, Montreal. You guys can kiss my fucking ass, and uh, <laughs> fuck, fuck every Juventus goddamn club down here. There's like nine Juventus Toronto's, all fucking joke. This one Milan club Montreal. We're all, we're all together. Just one. It's fantastic. From, coming from a Juve fan, like I've said it many times on how. The Montreal Juve club is nowhere near the same level. That's why a lot of we have a couple of Montrealers that joined Toronto for that reason. And honestly, I know a lot of the guys that are in the Milan uh, Montreal club, and they're fantastic. It's a great organization. They're they're really, really. It's a really great time. So uh, I have to say, don't listen to Jerry. Listen to Yang. And well, I, I've been I've been asked to go to the uh, the the Lazio club. I can't go, man. How many people are in the like? Like I, I I'm serious. 20, How many people are in? Oh, that, that's that's a 20, good amount. 30? Like twenty thirty. I can't fucking go to a, a lot to a club. Are you kidding me? Why? I was because I wouldn't pay attention watching the game. Then I know how I am. I get I have ADD, man. I freaking I get distracted by five guys in a room, and I'm gonna get distracted with thirty guys in a room. It's an it, it's it's terrible, man. There's like picnic tables. You watch it in a. In a it's like this club that my father goes to this whole time. I didn't know. It's the Shujata Club, it's called. And like, it's a bunch of old men that go. Like, I, it's starting to get a more younger crowd, but like, it's just not for me, man. Like, I, I, I like to watch at home and see what's going on in the game. I, I, I'm I, mad when I miss five minutes of a game. I, I, I start hitting my head against the wall. I'm like, what the hell happened? Once you start missing five minutes of a game, you don't, it's, it's important because. That flow of five minutes, things happen. It builds up to the game. 
Um, sound like North American sports, hockey, basketball, you miss five minutes, it'll really make a freaking difference because the game's still going. Yeah, like it's football, but yeah, Forza Merit Forza Roma Merida. How about that? Is he coming on to talk about gardening tips? The Roma fan? Is that what he's coming on to talk about? <laughs> We're gonna have Mr. Miyagi on as well. The that of Roma <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Have you seen Roma's trophy case in the last decade? There's more stuff in mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I got too much banter in me tonight, man. Oh, maybe it's, uh, I, maybe I it's time to read so sorry. Friday. Oh uh, fuck, Friday. Uh, and listen, I and I know, I know, Jerry. I'm sure Jerry and Sam are going to go back and forth on Friday. It's going to be fun. I had a great time with everybody. So huge thanks to Joe, to Jan, to Dom, always to Jerry. I'm Dono. You guys can follow me on Twitter, Alex Dono. Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And yeah, we'll have fun again on Friday night. We'll have another episode of the Calcho Connection podcast. We'll talk to everybody then. Ciao. I do like mushy Nutella. <laughs>